minutes after, I know I'm going to be watching for it. And if you get a chance, watch the moon dead center between the horns of the crescent. It's a new moon, in case you haven't been looking, and it'll hit the dark area. If you're looking without a telescope, it'll be a faint small flash, like somebody striking a match a block away. You'll have to be watching closely. They say it doesn't contain explosives, Keith. What is it that will make the flash? Electrical discharge, on a scale nobody's ever tried before. There's a newfangled outfit in it, worked out by a Professor Burton, that uses the kickback of the acceleration and converts it into potential electrical energy, static electricity. The rocket itself will be something on the order of a monster-laden jar, and it's traveling through a vacuum in space, so the charge can't flash over or leak off until it hits, and when it does, well, lightning won't be in it. It'll make the granddaddy of all short circuits. Wouldn't an explosive charge have been simpler? Oh, sure, but we'll get a lot brighter flash from this, weight for weight, than even from an atomic warhead. And what they're interested in is a bright flash, not an explosion as such. Of course, it will tear up a little landscape, not as much as an A-bomb, maybe, but more like a blockbuster, but that's incidental. And they expect to learn a lot about the exact composition of the surface of the moon by training spectroscopes on the flash through every big telescope on the night side of Earth. And they—the side of the door was ahead, and Betty Hadley interrupted by putting her hand on his arm. "'Sorry to interrupt you, Keith.' but I must hurry, honestly, or I'll miss the plane. Bye. She put out her hand for him to take, but Keith Winton put his hands on her shoulders instead and pulled her to him. He kissed her, and for a breathless second her lips yielded under his. Then she broke away. But her eyes were shining and just a bit misty. She said, Bye, Keith. See you in New York. Tomorrow night? It's a date. She nodded and ran on into the house. Keith stood there, a fatuous smile on his face, leaning against the doorpost. In love, again. Only this time it was different from anything that had ever happened to him before. He had known Betty Hadley only three days, had in fact seen her only once before this marvelous weekend. That had been on Thursday, when she had first come to Borden Publications, Incorporated. The magazine which she edited, Perfect Love Stories, had just been bought by Borden from a lesser chain, and Borden had been smart enough to take over the editor along with the magazine. Betty Hadley had done very well with it in the three years she'd run the magazine. The only reason the Whaley Publishing Company had been willing to sell was the fact that they had been changing to the exclusive publication of Digest magazines. Perfect Love had been their only surviving fiction publication. So Keith had met Betty Hadley on Thursday, and now, to Keith Winton, Thursday seemed just about the most important day in his life. Friday it had to go to Philadelphia to see one of his writers, a guy who could really write, but had been paid in advance for a lead novel and didn't seem to be doing anything about writing it. Keith had tried to get the writer started on a plot, and thought he'd succeeded. Anyway, he'd missed seeing Joe Doppelberg, his prize fan, who'd picked Friday to happen to be in New York and to call at the Borden offices. 
Judging from Joe Doppelberg's letters, missing a chance to meet him in person had been a definite gain. Then, yesterday, Saturday, afternoon, he'd come out here at L.A. Borden's invitation. This was Keith's third time here, but just another weekend at the boss's estate had turned into sheer magic when Betty Hadley turned out to be one of two other guests from the office. Betty Hadley, tall and lithe and golden blonde, with soft, sun-tanned skin, with a face and figure that belonged on the television screen rather than in an editorial office. Keith sighed and went on into the house. In the big walnut-panel living room, L.A. Borden and Walter Callahan, head accountant for Borden, were playing gin rummy. Borden looked up and nodded. Hi, Keith. Want to take over after this game? When Ellie finished, I've got some letters to write, and Walter would probably as soon take your money as mine.